Hello and welcome to the Giant Contraband Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desi Robinson, and on this episode and future others, you may hear me say off the wall artist podcast or some variation. So to not get sued in the near future, I retitled the podcast. So sit back and relax and I hope you enjoy this episode. Monetize reasons, monetizing reasons from Vans shoe store. So once again, I am not doing this for monetary monetary reasons. So don't sue me, Vans. On this on this <laughs> third episode of Off the Wall podcast, the Dominguez Hills Off the Wall podcast, um, we have fellow student Santos Nunez. Nunez. Hello. I got it right? Yeah. Nunez. Okay. I'm just making sure because I'm pronounced those quickly. That's good. Yeah, because I know every episode I have to make sure I get the person's last name right. Or they just, or you can just straight up correct me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the point of the podcast is to learn about every artist that will come to this um, to this podcast. So I will know a little more about them, and you, the audience, can know more about them as well. Um, it could be up and coming or more established um, artists. Um, so for this third episode, we're going to stick to students of the art field. And once again, thank you for coming on the episode. Thanks for having me. All right, so just going to start right off. Um, were both you and your parents, um, not both, you and your parents, you were an artist yourself, but I mean, were you both of your parents or artists or was it just like you yourself? Uh, just me. My dad was a con artist. <laughs> That's about it. Did a lot of disappearing acts. Uh, no, for the most part, they're just kind of your run of the mill. Worked here, worked there, you know, hard grind. But uh, I was the first one to kind of do the whole school thing, stick to school, think about future and uh, interests. So, you know. A lot of hobbies around revolve around different types of arts. Um, um, so pretty much, you're just the only artistic person um, in the family, or um, like nobody influenced you or anything like that. Um, I had a couple cousins who influenced me based on just kind of basic skills, but they didn't really pursue anything. Mm-hmm. Just things that they knew. Like my cousin, you had to draw Bart Simpson, so he was pretty proud of it. Uh, other than that, couldn't draw anything else. Uh, and then I had another couple uncles who kind of played music here and there but uh, again didn't understand what they played didn't look forward to playing anything else it's just something they did one day had fun with it and it kind of always took that as oh that's something I learned okay. but I was the first one to look for something and try to get into some form of art really yeah. um, were your family more um, encouraging into in terms of you going to school for it uh, well my family always talked about going to school yeah. as far as encouraging for art uh, I don't think they ever thought about it just when they see me here and there like oh what are you doing oh that's nice you know that that's about it uh, every so often you get that that's really good you should you know make money off of that uh, but for the most part there wasn't a lot of attention paid to it it's just like oh that's nice cool hope you're doing good in school no so it's more like they're there for you just more of a working class family pretty much oh yeah they're there for me so I don't end up on the streets I at least have a job yeah then yeah, no, well I'm not gonna go deep into my because I, I can honestly say my family they glad the fact that I'm going into art but it was more like if I doesn't make it successful I'm not gonna like depend on him for a job yeah um like what made you want to get into this field more though because I mean 
we all have like our own reasons. Like originally, I wanted to get into comic books myself, but what did like what did what drove you to like all right, this is what I wanted to do as a career? Um, with me, it started with actually a different type of comics, like the funnies. Um, I think it was I was one of those kids probably who actually picked up a newspaper and would read Garfield, Family Circus, um, the classics. Know, yeah, just. And it wasn't so much like I thought it was amazing. I just thought it was cool that somebody had some nice jokes to tell, you know, a little punchline. And the idea of having a couple squares to tell a real quick story um, was interesting. I think it's a, not too much as a kid to say, oh, I got I to gotta do this big thing. I was like, oh, quick little story. I, I know a joke or two. Um, and from there, I started to actually think about, oh, I should learn how to draw. And I really like drawing this or I want to draw that. Uh, you know, I had my own original characters who were probably bootleg versions of other ones, but for the most part, as a kid, you're like, that's an original character. Um, that was that was kind of the beginning, and then the rest of it was kind of, oh, you know, I know some people who have some really cool skill in a certain type of art. Uh, I knew some people who tagged really good um, color skills. I knew people who, you know, tattooed, who just really great skills rendering, you know, on skin, obviously, but likewise on paper so I I was always behind someone trying to shadow yeah from but from a distance <laughs> so I really just kind of like oh this is cool this is cool um, and then at one point I just thought about uh, what's out there well, what can I do or what can I see that might interest me and maybe I'm good at something okay um, you still have any drive to do um, comic strips uh, it's turned more into kind of doing quick series like you know I'm, I'm known for the dad jokes you know I am a dad and as much as it's a big kind of joke to, to tell someone they're good at dad jokes um, I've kind of recently embraced the idea of you know why can't a series be based on a pun a joke I mean a lot of stories we tell that are hilarious are usually of that nature so I don't think I'm ever actually going to be a comic book artist or a comic strip artist uh, but maybe one day I will draw up a quick short story. And um, that's one of those back burner things on my list. Yeah, because I know um, there's a lot of online newspaper. I had to say print is dead because comic book shops are still fighting to keep stores open. Yeah. But I've seen a lot more comic strip artists go online instead of like instead of going through the newspaper. I think that's probably something to go uh, look into. Speak, speaking of being behind, um, you know, I'm always trying to shadow things. Yeah. Uh, I have an interesting history of kind of finding things out where I was like, oh, that's super interesting. And then I kind of jump in on the tail end. Uh, I mean, there used to be a couple websites, and I wish I remembered their name, where a writer would introduce a story, and then the website would actually reach out to people who considered, you know, they would sign up as artists. Yeah. And they would pair, like, the two forms together. So, like, all right, pick a poem, pick a short story, and submit illustrations. And they would kind of pick the best pair and then start showcasing them on their page. So their page was kind of like a pre-Tumblr kind of thing, right. uh, joining two different artists. And uh, that's one of the things where I was really excited about because I think at the time it was a great medium. But... I remember submitting a couple things and then like that thing died so quick <laughs> I was kind of bummed out I was like oh no like there goes my chance and then from there I just you know a couple friends here and there did similar things and I just kind of throw in a little bit of influence I've had a couple things showcased uh, never anything really big because I was always working in small circles okay um, the top of um, you said you was a father you are you influencing your son 
Um, not only with school, but also maybe like to get him into art just a little bit, or he's uh, like, or showing any inclinations. I've recently tried. He's a very eccentric kid. He's just, he just turned five. He, I can see that his attention span is a wild one. Like there are moments where he'll just sit there and focus on something, and I see the interest. So I'll, I'm basically taking notes every day to see whatever it is I try to introduce him to, how I'd approach it if it's appropriate or if it's something that's going to be a burden because the last thing I want is to push something on him that later he's going to hate. Right. Um, you know, I know we all have uh, moments like that where something might be really cool, uh, might be a really good thing to know or learn, but personally we just didn't have a good experience. Uh, what I do, what I am focusing on a lot more right now is just him being active. Right. I don't want him to be a, an inside kid. Um, I mean, he's got TV, he watches he sits there in colors, nothing specific, um, but I'm kind of doing that as my number one thing. But number two thing on that list is he's got an easel, he's got a bunch of drawing pads, he's got markers for days, and there's days where I'll just sit there and go, here you go, mark it up, like let's just do whatever you want to do. Um, so, And then he's starting to get to the point where he's asking me to draw him stuff, because okay. uh, He's, you know, he's seeing me as, oh, you can draw, I can't, I feel like you should do it. But at the same time, I see that as, okay, so he's he's seeing that connection of, like, what you might consider a good drawing versus, you know, bad. So I'm hoping that eventually turns into him going, I want to be really good at this. Yeah, we can only hope, though. Yeah, I know you brought him to the, um, to our recent art show that we had um, a week ago, about, about a week ago. Yeah. Um, did he, like... Anything stood out? Did he when y'all talked? Did anything stood out to him, or he was just? Because I know he was just running around having fun. Yeah, a lot, a lot of visuals. So you know, the colors are definitely something for kids. You know, they see these paintings. Um, number one thing is, oh, look at those colors. Oh my god, that looks crazy. That looks like a monster. Um, but the one thing that stole the show for him was the music. <laughs> you know, we had the musical acts, and we also have instruments at home. You know, we got a drum set, a couple guitars. At one point, we had a full on ensemble of, of instruments because I had friends coming over so he did he does listen to a bit of music and he has a playlist of artists that he can identify um, and he bought his first we bought him his first record so I do see that music is an influence and I'm, that's always a plus for me it goes hand in hand so uh, that's that was kind of his thing I think he liked the idea that there were people everyone was moving around there was noise there was music and in the end, there's also like a lot of visuals for him to kind of like look at, and and then the Toro came in. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's I think to him it was any kid would see that as an amusement park. Yeah. Um, so suddenly you also have a musical background as well. Um, you do. I remember you saying you played the accordion. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I told you that. Yeah, um, tell me that. It was gonna be, I was going to bring it up eventually. Uh, like, you know, you asked me about my family support. Uh, I, will, I will tell you that my family is the type of family where, I mean, we went through a, a really big phase of just barely affording, really, any luxury. Uh, so when something would come along, it wouldn't always be a choice. <laughs> it's more like this is what's here and, and we can't afford it. And, you know, this is their, that was their effort to put me in some kind of, immersive experience so my idea was mom I really want to play the piano right she said well I mean not sure how you're gonna do that <laughs> we don't have one we don't have classes and then I said one day you know I want to play the saxophone maybe like you know I just I felt the uh, 
the 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 idea of being in a band to me was appealing, and maybe even playing like in a like small bands, ska bands. Like I really liked ska bands as a kid too. So she said, "Can't do it, sorry, bud." And then one day got a random notice in the mail, which she, I would say she translated it as, "Oh, you've earned this," but really it was a marketing ploy. Somebody was offering lessons in accordion, piano, and I want to say the last one was violin you know i was afraid of the violin uh, as a kid it just seemed so hard so her her logic was i was more afraid of um the um the string hitting snapping you across the face i was more i've seen that happen which that was part of the fear but the other fear was just i've i've seen people playing uber beginner stages and it was the most horrifying sound so i didn't want to be associated (laughs) with that um, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't know what it took to be a good musician, so I just assumed that oh, I'm probably going to suck forever. Um, but her, her logic behind the accordion was, she said you, want, you said you wanted to play piano. There's a piano on this side, <laughs> and then there's, like, whatever the other side is. So it's, like, two instruments in one, and there's, you know, a lot of action. She, she saw it as it's a multitask. It's a great experience. And then ultimately it was... Uh, at least to her, she's like, it's I can afford it. So, I mean, it costs us about five grand for the accordion alone. Costs us I don't know how much for the uh, for the lessons. And years later, we find out like those people were scamming people <laughs> left and <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, you know, that. even the end of the end of my lessons wasn't a, a choice where we decided we were done. The end of my lessons were we showed up to rehearsal one day and the place was literally empty. Like the warehouse that we did it in, there was no furniture, there were no signs, people didn't even vacuum it, they just took off, and I'm like, these guys are on the run from somebody. Yeah, they just fucking uh, scam job. And like a good decade later, we saw a news report, we're like, hey, <laughs> that's the same company. So, funny, just funny things happen, man. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of that, would you, um, I know Isai on the last episode, he said um, a little bit of his music. Um, drives him and the way how he creates his art because he's a drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say music will drive you as well in terms of your art style, or is it completely different uh, in terms of your style of art? I don't think it has a um, a definite connection. There have been times where I've been influenced by music and art, and I try to you know make those connections. But I'm still looking for, I guess, an identity in art. Um, I've, I've made a couple comments on, on the struggle because I get to the point where I build up these ideas and I feel like, oh, that's a little too try hard. Mm-hmm. And then I build up another idea. I'm like, oh, I feel like that's not, I don't want to say deep enough, but I felt like it, was, it just didn't have anything to it. So there's always that. Uh, as far as the music goes, uh, I, I think I come across some interesting music where if it has this kind of crossover feel, very experimental um, in any band, in any any genre, um, it I become really interested in it, uh, but I don't think I specifically have a formula or have a thought process to where I, you know, try to connect the two. It's I think random is just the best way to, to say it. Okay, because um, I know for myself, yes, I'm talking about myself again. Um, <laughs> for me. Normally, I will, I will have self-doubt in terms of we're being graded on work. But if we're just doing something where it's just free, I don't have to worry about grades or anything, I yeah. can be able to just create something without even thinking about it. 
Because I think in terms of, because we're both students, because every time when, you, when a professor gives you something and it has to conform to their, whatever the prompt is, I think that's where the doubt comes in. It was like, is it going to be anywhere what they wanted instead of as opposed to what I want, what, what I visually wanted myself? Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I think a lot of the agreement comes from knowing myself how I work, uh, I, I can be a slow worker. Yeah. Um, I have, like I said, kind of an, an inventory of ideas that I'm chipping away at. And only recently have I really been um, conscious about about those ideas because I've actually listed them down. And I've kind of got stuff where I go back and forth and say, okay, done with this, let me, let's move on to this. Right. And the reason why I've become that way, it's because I used to just jump around a lot I used to think, oh, this is influencing me here. This is influ- I'm gonna take that influence there, and then I, suddenly I had too many ideas to even fathom. I, I couldn't handle it. I I think I just bite off more than I could chew. Uh, and then with class, I've taken that down so much that most of my assignments, I'd like to say, I'm more focused on what the instructor is trying to teach. You know, if I feel like there's one or two factors, uh, for example. Uh, painting you know we did an assignment where the kind of gist of it all was using some kind of masking technique and using a transfer technique so I can visualize already like a really nice composition with what I consider like a great contrast in material a great contrast in color variation and you know as much as you sit and go awesome you know when you start to do the planning phase you start to if you're relying especially on certain types of imagery and you just can't quite get the imagery down um, you can get carried away with being a little too I want to say like egocentric (laughs) so I kind of sat there and said you know what I'm not even worried about this being my best work as far as uh, uh, you know being conceptual or or really a narrative Um, my focus is let me execute what the teacher is asking me to do what the professor is requiring us to do. Um, two reasons. Uh, one, it, it is going to meet the requirements and say that, okay, your focus was there. But the second reason is most of the time, even if it's something I've seen and, and tried once, like I've never actually done it to its extent. So I'm treating it more as a learning a skill type of type of thing, you know. Yeah. So that kind of leaves us with, you know, man, I have this idea. I'd really like to do it. I don't feel like I can manage my time and actually give it, do it justice. Um, I might even botch it up and completely fail the uh, the entire composition. So I might do a variation of that idea. You know, change my composition up. You know, change my characters. Maybe I want. I hate to say it, but like water it down <laughs> yeah. to fit the time frame and to fit the uh, the purpose of the assignment. Um, so it's it's. I treat it more technical here than than anything else. And there is times where you feel you have this idea, you, you, you want to do it, and you go to execute it, and it's just like, you feel like it's not your best work. Yeah. Um, I've gotten compliments on a couple of things where I feel like, I, thanks, but I feel like, you know, personally, I know that I didn't do the best I could. So this is this, this semester or past? The, uh, well, I think overall, just overall. any semester, there's always that moment where you start out strong because you feel so comfortable and, and confident 
Yeah. And then halfway through the assignment, you're like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, uh, was there anything this semester that you that stood out and feel like this was not to the best of your abilities? Uh, my very first painting assignment. Uh, it's. I've been doing smaller scale painting. Uh, I I've gotten more into illustration. I, I've seen that. You know, going back to the whole comic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think comic strips are so simple, it's like yeah. illustration, you know, especially in newspapers when you just kind of stick to your black and white. You know, a lot of line work, a lot of forms, but I started to get into actual illustration dealing with different media, dealing with, you know, studying color and texture. Then I'm taking this painting class, and it's been a while yeah. since I've taken a formal painting class, and I don't think I've kept it up. Um, to a degree where suddenly I'm in front of this canvas and I forgot what the material was like to work with. So halfway through, I think I was trying to compensate somehow and I was just really trying to work the paint and I may may have overworked it, didn't work it enough in some spaces. Um, at the end of it all, I did the painting. I feel like I, I completed the assignment, but when you take a step back and you know you might get a compliment here and there, but you know that the struggle was there and you know where you fell short and you just know okay on the next one I'm gonna try to fix that yeah. you know because I know for my first semester here I it was only like a two-month gap from of not painting at all yeah because I'm like I painted all through last semester and I did like my last project was a 36 by I'm not good with measurements but it was a fucking big-ass camp on um, campus <laughs> And it was something where the professor gave us two composition words and we had to paint off those two words. So I felt like, all right, I'm done. I don't have to worry about painting for the next two months. But coming into here, um, the professor expects you to be already ready to go, knowing what you want to do already. So I felt that whole semester, everything I did was not my best work. Because yeah. I have no confidence <laughs> whatsoever what yeah. I was doing and just looking at everybody else's stuff was just like that com- is I think at the, term, at the end of it is confidence and your confidence in your skill set yeah I think that's where it can get dangerous too you start focusing so much on someone next to you um, but I, you know what I've seen someone paint like just badass like I mean and, and fast too you know so yeah. I admire how fast they are um, and how like how complex they can be in such a short amount of time but then at the same time I've seen I've take it down to something that I consider to be a little more elementary you know style of drawing and I feel like they just lose themselves (laughs) so I'm just like yeah I've got you there you know like yeah um I don't know but that's always the fun thing you see people who do really well on the first assignment and the next time it's a choke no you might choke and then and it's not so much the competition to kind of like oh sweet you choked but it's interesting to see how it varies, you know, yeah. and it, it can be something from changing the type of paint you're using to changing the size of the canvas. Um, in many cases, it's just changing a technique. Like, oh man, we got to do a transfer technique, and that's the worst thing. Like, I, what I'm doing now is I'm paying attention to what worked well for me, time-wise, yeah, and skill-wise, and then I'm just kind of taking that and saying I'm I'm gonna stick to that, so that my next painting kind of has a little bit of like all the successful bits of my last painting but it's going to obviously apply to whatever the prompt is and and I'm doing that because obviously you want to work off your strengths yeah. uh, 
If you're gonna struggle with one thing, you're not gonna go. I'm gonna get it right on the next time. It's like, yeah. well, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> focus it for this reason. Yeah. Go home and do that, and then you know, practice. Yeah. But I know you want to focus on your weaknesses <laughs> at home. But focus if you have a strength, lean on that strength. Just focus on your weaknesses on your personal time. And that's the one thing I also learned, also, because once again, I'm talking about myself. Um, I'm gonna keep on tagging back that. Um, <laughs> When I got to the end of the semester, I finally had like one good piece, and apparently, great. I never thought grades were factored to anything. I thought it was just participation, just mm-hmm. come in, do you, at least do your work. Now, when they start telling you, "Oh, this is your grade," I'm like, "Oh shit, we are being graded for this stuff." <laughs> That's the one thing I've learned. I'm like, I'm thinking, we're art, we're technically basically in the art school. We not have to worry about A's, B's, C's, D's, and F's. No, you have to worry about that. So, any future artists out there, you're gonna worry about grades as well. Yeah. Um, I got my first hundred percent, and I'm like, "Where the oh, fuck good. was this all this yeah. whole semester?" And he was like, "You finally did what you, what you were supposed to do. Not think about it too hard, and you made dope yeah. shit." That's what that's what the professor said. I was like, "I was like, okay, now I know what I need to do for the following semester. Quit leaning to worrying about so much and just take my time." Which I think, is, I think most of the grades is just, "Are you following the process?" Yeah. All right. Cool. Now at the end of the process, I mean, did you? do something amazing yeah. it didn't have to be if you did that's a plus but if you did do something amazing it's like cool so remember what that was yeah and how you got to that and just, just try to do what works for you but also i think it's also communication with other um, artists and most importantly a professor because i've seen a lot of people not communicating with one another yeah and then what they do it's not the right form of communication is that half-assed communication where you will ask for something and that person will give you that like like they're trying to one up themselves while still like helping you just a little bit but not a hundred percent helping you yeah you know you keep your secrets to yourself and you know you don't want to give stuff away but yeah um i'm weird i'll give stuff away (laughs) yeah i'm like (laughs) like physically and and you know um ethically i guess i don't know if that's the right but I, I don't see nothing wrong with helping yeah. helping one another. I, it's probably the way how I, um, I say comic books in a way show me show me that and looking at society today. It's nothing wrong with helping one another. If you get recognition, you get recognition. If you don't, you don't. It's the fact that you, the end of the day, you help someone. Yeah, that's how I see it. I think different people have different outlooks. Like some people are here because they think, or or they're planning on being like the next big artist. Yeah, uh, you know they they want to be part of this world. Um, and have their art kind of mean something on a grand scale. Other people are here because, yes, they want to have a career in art, but maybe it's a little more technical. Like, I, I personally want to teach. Right. Um, so you're really just trying to build up your skill uh, and round yourself out. And then there are some people here because they really don't understand. They think uh, when someone says art class, it's, you know, here's some crayons <laughs> and uh, make something pretty. Um, but as far as that communication goes, you know, I feel like there's a we could do better and communicate, you know, with our with our classmates, with our, our friends, I guess, because we make some friends. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, who those people are, how confident they are, and I don't know. Like, some people are more personable than others, and other people are almost scared to just talk. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I know you said you want to go into teaching. So the question I have, what profession other than what you want to go into would you like to attempt? Uh, I think I've been asked this before and I, I never have a clear answer. Um, other than just kind of your 
I guess, your general view of what art is. Uh, I do a lot of kind of just on hand, or I'm sorry, hands on type of work. Uh, I'm in my garage and I'll be woodworking. You know, not something too big, but yeah. working with wood, carving, etching. Uh, and it's just all things that I just kind of pick up because I feel like no matter what I'm doing, I have to be making something. That's a big thing. Uh, so there were there was a time where I discussed <laughs> with a friend. Uh, he he just came out and said, "Hey man, we should make furniture." I was like, "Oh, why would we do that?" It's like, "Well, because I see you building these like boxes, you building like these stools and kind of like really basic functional things, um, working with the material, and I have some pretty good ideas." but you have more of the know-how and like the artistic vision so we can team up. So that was a nice two-week venture. We didn't make half a stool <laughs> and then we stopped talking because uh, he was just way too busy for his ideas. Uh, I've also done stuff where I fabricate for the sake of building, you know, subwoofer boxes, uh, car interiors, like just the most random shit. And like I said, it's just these are things that I become interested in. I, I get these pockets where I just go in you know head on and there was a moment where I thought oh well whatever it is I do I can have a side gig where I literally just kind of fabricate for I don't, I don't even know for what I'm like it's not necessarily like the film industry not necessarily for any these I mean hell I'll, I'll help somebody build their cosplay like if if that's fine if they want to pay me or I get some kind of perk so for a minute there, I was like, I think I could just be some kind of tradesman. Like, just if I learn to work a material good enough to where I can manage some kind of order commissions, um, I think something along along that line would be super great for me. So pretty much having your own warehouse slash studio. Yeah, yeah. Like I, that, I think that would be a dream having a workspace and like there's no time card, but there's just a workspace and I know where everything is. I know what things do. I know the sort of the resources, and it's just a matter of what do you need, what can I make for you, um, and you know what what can I get out of it. All right. So thank you once again for coming on this episode. And Thanks that was no problem. And that was the Dominguez Hills Art Collective Off the Wall Podcast. That is going to be a mouthful as I go forward. <laughs> Um, the season finale episode, this is going to be a four-part episode, um, episode, will be with the head of the collective and the, head, the producer of this podcast, Devin Suno. I'm going to go in on Mr. Suno. <laughs> That's going to be my favorite episode. Um, but no, it's going to be all in good fun. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. And every episode will have um, everything, different um, select arts from each artist, except for... Andreas Stagg, who's um, the galaxy, um, galaxy, gallery curator here at Dominguez Hills, will um, have a link of different shows that will be coming up soon for her. So once again, thank you for listening, and peace. Peace.